we are never going to control anything. As much as it's going to feel like you're out of control and that you need to take control somewhere in your life by either having an incredibly tidy house or having an incredibly neat and organized Google calendar or diary or anything like that, these are areas where we're trying to find control. We are trying to find control in quite literally every aspect of life unless you have come to accept the fact that you are never in control. When you accept that you are never in control, you do take full control. I know it's a little bit of a catch-22, but this is just my belief on it. So when it comes to that point of, oh my God, my schedule is out of whack. Oh my God, this isn't happening the way that I expected it to. All of these things that we have built up in our mind of, this is my expectation of this situation and here's how I want it to go. And then it doesn't go that way. That's where we feel like we lose the most control. And it is a pain in the ass when every now and then you're just like, hey, here's what I'm going to be doing. This is my diary. This is my plan for today. And something happens that throws it out of the window. That's where I find that I get very anxious about everything that's going on. I tend to get into a shit mood because I'm like, man, this isn't what I wanted. But when I start to look at the bigger picture of everything, you're never in control of anything at all at any time. Realizing that and accepting the fact that I'm never in control is what gave me a lot of control over it my entire life. Because if everything is out of control, then I don't have to worry about trying to control every situation or the circumstance or the consequence of anything that I'm going to be doing. It does come down to, for a lot of clients, plan out your day a little bit better, plan out your meals a bit better, and you know, just be organized. We can control that in a very minor sense of, if you want to plan out your meals, plan out your meals. But then again, something may happen that may change your menu or your meal plan, or you may not be able to get home to get your meal prepped meals in the microwave or something like that. When you accept that you never have full control over any situation or circumstance or anything like that, that is where you take full control, I believe anyway purely because you are not going to be upset and you are not going to let your emotions run the table and what decisions that you are going to be making while in a heightened state of emotions because you've just accepted, cool, this has happened, it's not what I want, but yeah, I'll get on with it. Okay, this isn't exactly what I expected, but that's all right, I'll move on with it. Being that relaxed isn't something that's just like, oh, he's an incredibly chilled person. It's the fact that I've spent five years trying to not control every aspect of my life and being okay with that. And being okay with not being in control of absolutely everything all the time is what has led me to being so relaxed about when I'm faced with pressure or adversity or anything like that. A bad situation happens, I can tolerate it because I'm like, okay, cool, this has happened. How do I deal with that? I can't get my meals in for today. That's cool. How can I deal with that? Regardless of whatever situation comes up, 99% of the time it is, cool, how can I deal with that? Why is it happening? And I slow everything the fuck down, particularly when I'm dealing with a lot of people and myself with anxiety, then it starts to become the question of not, did you do this correctly? Did you do that correctly? Did you hit your numbers? Did you hit your calories? Did you do your macros? Did you do this? Did you do that? This is why I get all of my clients to check in and give me context around the numbers. What happened during this week? Oh yeah, I didn't get my meals in because I was doing blah, blah, blah. And this happened and this came up and blah, blah, blah. Cool. So realistically, me as a coach telling someone the tangible advice of, it's the worst fucking advice in the world of move more, eat less, or you have to be organized this week. No excuses. There are excuses. 
There are a lot of excuses. Quite frankly, there are a lot of clients of mine that have extremely valid reasons and excuses for not doing quote unquote good this week with their nutrition. It is one of those things where, oh, well, I just remembered I wasn't filming this because this is completely impromptu. It is always going to be one of those things where it's not about the simple advice of being a calorie deficit, eat more, move less or anything like that. It is quite possibly going to be with every single check-in that I give my clients or when my clients give me is why didn't you do this so well? Or just give me context around the numbers because I couldn't care less if you're losing weight, but you feel like shit. I said that completely wrong. <laughs> I couldn't care if you're losing weight, but you feel like shit. Then we need to address you need, why do you feel like shit? What's going on there? Because it's not always going to be about weight loss. It's not always going to be about controlling the scales because we can't even control that. I have some people that say they don't want to sign up to the program because I can't guarantee their weight loss results. The reason I can't guarantee the weight loss results is because I can't guarantee what you're going to do. I could have someone sign up, give them the best advice in the world, supply the best coaching and emotional intelligence work and decrease anxiety and meal plans and workouts and everything like that. I still can't guarantee it because I don't know what the other person on the other end of the phone or the Zoom call or whatever is actually going to say or actually going to do. So that's the reason that I can't guarantee it. At the same time, I also can't guarantee or no one can guarantee life. You could wake up tomorrow, get hit by a bus. You could wake up tomorrow, not feel so well, go to the doctors, fuck, you've got a tumor. And I'm, I'm sorry if every, anybody has gone through that or had someone in their family or close or whatever gone through that, but I'm making the point that right across the world, people are losing their lives from a whole bunch of other reasons. We can't control life. If we can't control life, how in the fuck are we meant to control what is happening at our bodies at a biological level all the time, any time of the day or the week or the month or the year or what's going to happen on the scales and how everything that we're going through in life and everything that is happening to you internally, how is that going to, you essentially lose weight on the scales, you go, fuck yeah, I'm in control. I understand that it's going to make you feel good and it's going to have that emotional response for doing all of that, but we're not in control of that. We can do our best to take control by tracking calories and macros and getting your workouts in. At the end of the day, it's still an educated guess. All the calories and macros I give my clients, yeah, I've got equations and everything that builds out the quote unquote perfect or most ideal situation or range that calories and macros and proteins and carbs and fats and fibers and everything like that, that the person should be on. But they're not gonna hit them perfectly. If like, because I don't take on bodybuilders, all of my clients are general populace who want to lose weight, feel good, get away from yo-yo diets, decrease their anxiety, and actually learn about why the fuck they are, where they are in life in the first place. Those are the big things we have to address. And I say to everybody that comes on board, weight loss will happen in the background while we focus on what's happening between the ears. And everyone goes, fuck yeah. But I've had people quite literally say, I don't want to sign up because I, I can't guarantee that I'll get results. No. I can't guarantee you'll be alive tomorrow. It's not, <laughs> it's not a threat, but I mean, you can't even guarantee if you're going to be alive tomorrow. So why the fuck are we waiting? Why are we delaying? Why are we putting off everything that we want to be doing because we're scared? When you put things into perspective of, I'm never going to have control. I could quite possibly get hit by a car or a bus or whatever, or, you know, that could happen to family members or friends or whatever. This is why I wake up and I'm like, it sounds fucking cheesy, but I'm grateful that I have health. 
Because if I don't have health, I have quite literally nothing. If I don't have my health, I will lose all of my money attempting to get my health back. If I don't have health, how can I be there to support my friends and families and clients and everything like that if I'm unhealthy? If I'm unhealthy, that is then going to seep into other relationships that I have in my life. And I'm going to lose money in attempting to get my health back. But people hoard their money thinking that that's the ultimate fucking goal in life is to have $20,000, $30,000, $40,000 in savings and hand that over to your kids when you die. It's going to do fuck all. You can get a house, you can go to uni, you can do all that stuff and 100% if that's you and it makes you happy and that's what you want to do. Obviously, that is my goal to get a house, have kids and do all that. I'm more interested in the side quests along the way in the enjoying life, enjoying the process and doing all this stuff. And if I get a house at 27 compared to 30 or 35 or 40 or never owning one at all, I'm 100% fine with that because I, I know that I would have had fun in life and I would have made that decision in the best interest of me enjoying life as opposed to me doing what I feel I should do as opposed to what I want to do and taking care of the future as well. If I'm happy, if I'm healthy, my family members, I believe, will be happy and healthy in the future to come because they won't have to worry about, why is dad in the hospital? Why is dad doing this? Why is dad doing that? If I can be as proactive as possible about my health and everything right now and try and take control of that aspect and take control of my health in that way, that is the ultimate sense of control in my eyes. I'm never going to control exactly, am I going to lose weight? Am I going to gain weight? Am I going to do this? And, you know, there are going to be a whole bunch of situations that come up from that. But the context behind it is I'm never in full control. As long as I make decisions where I feel like it's going to benefit my health or happiness or friends or family, then I'm fine with that. And I say friends because my friends are actually very incredibly fucking supportive and awesome people. If you have friends that are consistently peer pressuring you into doing dumb shit and things that you don't want to be doing, well, they're not really your friends. They're just acquaintances by circumstance. So that's why I say that. However, wiping stuff off my whiteboard now. Um, if you want to take control of your life, you 100% can by accepting that nothing is going to be fully under your control. You can only control your responses to a situation or a circumstance. So when it comes down to it, yes, I'm organized. Yes, I'm this. I've got everything in my diary. I'm doing this. I tracked my calories. I tracked my macros. I worked out. I did this. I did that. And you controlled everything in terms of what you believe that you could fully control at the time. And something still didn't happen because you had expectations as to what would happen if you did everything right. And then it turns out that you didn't lose weight because you jumped on the scales and you were like, what the fuck? Then things start to spiral out of control from there because we lost control of our emotions to the response of not losing weight. That's where the emotional eating starts for a lot of people. That's where the emotional responses start and the yo-yo diet starts to begin and the dieting culture begins. You incredibly burn yourself out in order to get external validation through the scales and say, yes, this is working. But then we don't actually address why are you unhappy? Why are you doing the things that you do? And we don't have control over our thoughts and responses in relation to what is happening in the scales or on the scales, I should say, or anything else in your life. So... One of the things that we do from there, let's work on the responses. Let's work on that because you not losing weight wasn't the issue and you did everything correct and you didn't lose weight. That just means things have most likely adjusted. Your metabolism, BMR, RMR, whatever it is we want to fucking call it, 
all of that has adjusted to the stimulus that you've provided it. Or there is something else going on at a deeper biological level that we just don't understand as of yet. It could be a leaky gut issue. It could be something to do with hormones. It could be quite literally anything that has lowered your metabolism or you've just adapted to the stimulus you've been providing your body over X amount of weeks, months, or years. And now you're at a plateau or a maintenance phase of wherever it is that you are in life. So we need to do something different. If you do everything right, I'll take this as an example. If you go two weeks with me, and this is pretty simple for a lot of my, oh, pretty simple, pretty common for a lot of my clients. Lose weight, lose weight, lose weight, lose weight. And then let's just say week five and six, they plateau. Week five, they plateau and they go, but I did everything right. I'm doing the same stuff. I'm doing this. I'm doing that where I did lose weight. Why am I not losing weight now? Okay, cool. What I will typically say, give me another week of consistency and we'll see what happens because I like two weeks of consistency before I adjust absolutely anything for my clients because one week I feel is a snap decision for anything that could have been happening. So give me 14 days, give me another week at those calories at this rate, at this whatever, and then we'll adjust next week if something doesn't happen. Typically the next week they will either lose weight or they will maintain. One thing from here is the response to the situation of not losing weight. So when you've got two weeks of not losing weight, what do we do? We have most likely just adapted. Okay, cool. Because the weight loss won't just go lose a kilo, lose a kilo, lose a kilo, no weight loss. It won't do that. It will typically go lose a kilo, lose 700 grams, lose 600 grams, lose 400 grams, lose 300 grams, lose 200 grams, lose 100 grams, stay, 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 stay. And then maintenance. The body doesn't just instantly go, no, you are adapted now. Stop losing weight. It will eventually, it will slow down. It is a slow process. Your metabolism is always a spectrum on a daily basis. So when things start to slow down, we address it from there. But for a lot of people, they go, I'm doing the same shit where I lost 10, 20, 30 kilos previously. And now that I'm 10, 20, 30 kilos lighter, it's not working. I don't understand what's going on. It's like doing the things that made you lose, let's just say 20 kilos, doing the things that helped you lose 20 kilos is most likely not going to be the thing that helps you lose the last five kilos because people often come to me and they say, I want to get under hundred kilos. I haven't been under hundred kilos in X amount of years. I want to do that. And I say, cool, let's do it. We can do that hundred percent. They get to 95, 90 kilos. And then things start slowing down. It's typically once they've hit their goal, things start slowing down. One, because people feel like they've either achieved it so they don't have to keep trying, but I'd like to overshoot for people. For example, if they're 100 kilos and they say they want to get to 90, I will typically say, let's go 80. Purely for the fact of what happens at the mental level in terms of you hitting a goal. If you say you want to get under 100 kilos and people go 99.9, two things will happen. One person will go, sweet, I did it and then completely stop. The other person will go, eh, still pretty close to 100, let's go for 98, let's go for 95, and they'll keep pushing from there. So when someone says I wanna lose 10 kilos, I go, awesome. In my head, I go, they're gonna lose about 15 because it is easier to be like, hey, let's do this, or addressing it before they even sign up. I wanna get under 100 kilos. Okay, cool, that'll happen in the background. Why do you wanna lose 100 kilos? Oh, I wanna feel better, do better, be blah, blah, blah come up with their purpose, come up with exactly why they're doing what they're doing. That for them is going to give them more control over anything as opposed to what the scales say.
What happens if we get to 101 kilos, 102 kilos, and we start hitting a plateau and things start happening that neither the client nor myself really know what's going on until we get like a blood test or until we go to the doctors or figure out exactly what is going on. We're not going to know. But if you're trying to take control of your life by getting external validation from the scales, it's not going to work. It may work short term, which is awesome, which is why a lot of people do six, eight challenges. Wow, fuck me. Six week or eight week challenges because it's, what did you lose this week? What did you lose this week? And it's typically not long enough for people to realize that they're actually fucking burning out their processes. So when they get to the end of the 68 weeks, they go six to eight weeks. They go, oh my God awesome, I lost all this weight, and then go back to doing what they were doing before they signed up and wonder why they put all the weight back on because they didn't slowly reverse diet back out of it and allow for adaptation to occur. However, got a little bit off track there. When it comes to controlling things, it is 100% going to be your emotions, your responses to the situation, to the consequence, to whatever it is that you do. If you're looking for external validation through friends, families, scales, or did I hit my macros or calories this week or anything like that? It's good for short term, but I'm going to implore you to start looking at the long term. Where do I get satisfaction? Where do I get the most pleasure? Where do I get the most validation internally? If you can drive yourself internally and you have intrinsic motivators because you want to do it, because you want to do it for you, they are the clients that see the best results. Because they have hit that point, they say, enough is enough, I'm tired of feeling like shit, I want to change my life, I want to do this, I don't care what it takes, I don't care the cost, I don't care how long, I'm sick of fucking being where I am, and I'm going to change my life, and I feel like you are the person to do that. And I say, awesome, let's get started. From there, they are the clients that see the best results, because they sign up because they want to, because they want to change, and they know that they can, and even if they don't feel like they can, they reach out to someone, most likely me, that says and gives them the confidence to say, cool, here's why this issue is happening. Oh my God, no one's ever said it like that before. Yeah, probably because you haven't worked you haven't worked with anybody like me before. There are a lot of coaches out there who are better than me. I don't know where they are because I don't follow many coaches, but there are coaches out there that are better than me. It's just plain and simple. People know how to program workouts better than me. People know how to adjust nutrition coaching better than me. People, I assume, would know how to address what's happening at the mental level better than me. But I believe in what I do and my clients get amazing results and my clients are coming to me because they believe that I'm the person that is going to have all that under one roof to say, here's how you adjust your workouts, here's progressive overload, here's this, here's that, here's your nutrition, here's what I'm going to do with your proteins and carbs and fats this week and here's what I'm going to do and why I'm going to do it and why I'm going to do this. Here's why you're going to be working out and here's why you do this movement a certain way so that it does this and this and this. Also, here's why and how you're speaking to yourself and what I've picked up from our coaching calls and everything like that. So it's not just do this challenge, you'll lose weight. It's do this, learn from it, multiply that across your entire lifetime. Do you see the value in that? Do you see the benefit in that? And everything that that everything that is going to come from that program and everything that you're going to learn from either me or any other coach or any other mentor or anything like that, multiply it across your entire lifetime. If you have a PT and they say, give me four weeks and I'll teach you how to deadlift. It'll be 500 bucks. You go, fuck. That's a lot of money to learn how to deadlift. Then you go down the road and someone says, yeah, I'll teach you how to deadlift 50 bucks a week. And they teach you in 
12 weeks. Do you value time or money? Because that's the same money. You got the same result just in eight weeks later. So now it's, do you value time or money? For a lot of my clients that do sign up, they value time. And they value the fact that it is, in this industry, it is always going to be, you get what you pay for. There are a lot of coaches out there, I know, that undercharge. I know because I've got a lot of them that reach out to me and say, how do I start charging more? I'm scared if I'm going to lose my clients. If you're scared of, off topic again, but to PTs listening to this, if you're scared of losing your clients because you're going to up your prices, do your clients get results? If someone signed up and they said, and you said, do this, 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 will they get results? Yes. If someone has this problem with your workouts, can you fix that? Yes. If they have this problem with your work nutrition, can you fix that? Yes. So you're telling me if every single person that signs up does get results and you know what you're doing and you can back that up and you have the evidence behind you and you can 100% say that if with certainty, if someone signs up to your program, they're going to do whatever goal it is that they want. Yes. Up your fucking prices. If you feel you need to. That's why I charge what I charge because this shit works because I have a lot of clients behind me that will sell my program for me. I don't even have to. I get clients saying, hey, so-and-so is going to reach out to you soon because they have seen what I've been doing and they asked what I was doing and I sent them your name and number and Instagram and everything like that. I go, cool, awesome. Usually about two, three weeks, four weeks later, that person does reach out to me and say, hey, I'm a friend of blah, 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 blah. Can we talk? Yes, jump on the phone. That person's in the program now as well. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that because this program fucking works. And this program works because it addresses the fucking emotional responses behind why are you doing what you're doing? Because you can eat more and move less and take control of your life that way. But it is going to be for the short term. Don't know why I went American on that one. It is going to be for the short term term. If you want to look long-term, if you want to multiply your results across your entire lifetime, instead of just six weeks or eight weeks and doing a fucking another challenge that you're going to waste money on, because you're going to end up in the exact same spot where you were before you started the program compared to six weeks after the program. I have clients still losing weight that worked with me 12 months ago. And they message me all the time. Hey, I'm going to the gym at 5am. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Here's where I am in life now. And we still stay in touch. That to me, I'm obviously fucking biased. That to me is a life-changing program where your coach is still intact with you, in contact with you 12 months after the program to make sure that you're doing okay. It's not about the program. It's not about the duration of the program. It's about the quality of the program. It's about taking control of your emotions. It's about figuring out where you are in life. Why are you where you are in life? And just fucking making the most of it. We can't even control if we're going to be able to wake up tomorrow. Something I've had to fucking come to terms with over the over the many a moon of dealing with my mental health and talking to psychiatrists is I don't have full control of that. You hear stories all the time. Oh, I went to bed with so-and-so and woke up dead. How the hell you wake up dead? <laughs> One of my favorite scenes from Scary Movie. But we don't have control over that. We don't even have control of going to sleep and knowing we are going to wake up in the next morning which is fucking terrifying as much as it is enlightening. If we don't have that much control over if we're going to wake up in the morning, why are we not making the most of everything that we have right now? Why are we not taking advantage of the time that we have? Everyone gets their fucking nine to five, builds up their savings account, uses that as a safety net and say, oh, well, I've got $10,000. I don't really want to spend that because what if I have a random bill come in? 
So what if you have a random bill cut? You should be fucking planning for that stuff. You should be budgeting. Any money that is going to be coming out of your account, 99.99% of it should be budgeted for. It's that simple. You have a pet, you know they're going to the vet. You have a car, you know it needs to go to the mechanic. If you have quite literally fucking anything in your house that could potentially have an expense associated with it, put it in the budget. It is that simple. Once you have your budget, bam, stick to it. It's that simple when it comes to fucking making money. It's like, oh yeah, but you know, what if I'm in a car? What if this? What if that? It's what insurance is for. It's what you're paying insurance is for. Realistically, banks aren't going to fail. Banks want to give you money. Absolute worst case, you're going to take out another loan. Nobody saves up for a full fucking $600,000, $700,000 house and goes, right, now I can do it. I don't want to be in debt. I don't want to do it. Everyone goes into debt every single fucking day in their life. People pay off. That's why Afterpay is so fucking popular. Because people go, I want that now, but I don't want to pay for it. Take out a loan for it. That's essentially what Afterpay is. You're taking out a loan for it. You're just delaying the payments. Same thing could be said for a vacation or a health and fitness program or getting a PT or not even that, just a gym membership paid in full, even though they're pretty fucking cheap, like $13 a week or something like that, which is fucking insanely cheap. But anyway, off track. If you want to take control of your life, take control of your emotional responses and why you're doing what you're doing. If you don't address that, you will never address anything that is going on in your life. If you want to control things in your life, you will not. You will only ever control yourself and your thoughts and your responses and your behaviors. That is something. You are the only thing that you can really control in your life. So if you want to change your life, start working on yourself. Start working on controlling your thoughts and habits and behaviors and beliefs and everything that you say and think and the actions that you take. Take advantage of life. We are not here for an infinite amount of time. Yet a lot of people that I speak on the phone with, they go, yeah, maybe next month when I'm in a better position. Maybe next year when we know what COVID's doing. We don't know what any of this shit is doing. We didn't know COVID was coming in. And yet I've had people that worked through the entire lockdown with me and came out of COVID having lost 15 kilos. People go, how did you do that? It's because they fucking wanted to. Anywho, take advantage of life. Stop wasting your time on this planet. Stop wasting your money on shit that is not going to benefit you and it is in fact driving you into an early grave. The ironic thing about this is people will not spend their money to take advantage of life because both of them are finite resources, but they will spend their money that is going to ruin their health of which they will need to spend their money in savings and safety net later in life to fix. So when you look at your life, it's going to be 50-50. There's obviously a lot of other expenses in there, but it's going to be 50%. I saved up as much money as I could. When you got to 50, 60, 70, you spent the other 50% of money that you fucking saved up as your safety net in order to get your health back. When realistically, if you took a proactive approach and did shit now for one year, you take one year out of your life to learn everything about how your body works, how your mind works, how the nutrition and the workouts and everything like that affect your mind and body. You take just one year out of your life now. And I can guarantee that you will have the most fucking 
fun in your life ever because you won't have to worry about health. You won't have to worry about a lot of things that are coming with the lifestyle factors that you currently have. If you want to take control of your life, take control of yourself 